Hey, this is episode five of the Feed Tommy podcast. Just to give context for the first segment, me and Tommy did a best of five in Red Alert 2, and he dumpstered me for one. Enjoy. That's something that you are fantastic at. When you are in a high-pressure multiplayer situation, your adrenaline, but you've still got your focus, you still can concentrate. Me, I just go to shit. My power level drops to like five fucking percent, and I'm making mistakes left, right, and center. I know, but it's training. It's training. Thank you, Hashi. It is training. You have to get used to it. I mean, dude, if you would have watched the stream, I did so many mistakes. In the second map, I accidentally deleted my factory and shit. I did so much wrong. I didn't take the oil and stuff. Yeah, you're very nervous. And obviously, as a, as a pro or esports person, you overcome that with training. The more it happens to you, the more you're used to it. I thought that was the case. But I, as a kid, used to play StarCraft II ladder. And I would usually be okay for the first game, maybe the second, depending how it goes. But then at that point, if I get on a losing spree and I get tilted, like I'm, I'm, I'm like staring at my screen and I'm almost having a breakdown, you know, because <laughs> I just can't hold it together. Yeah, you get, I know exactly what you, I think a lot of people know what you mean. But if you look at pros, and I always looked at pros my whole life because I think they're so interesting. They overcome that. They just play all day. They don't care anymore. They just play all day and they overcome all these feelings. That's how you become pro in games, I feel like. You see, I think that requires like a, a special kind of person. I think you have to be, you almost have to like, tr you see, it's okay saying the word when you lose, it's okay, we're learning. But your ego doesn't say that, does it? Your brain says that, I'm learning. And your ego says, you have to walk through it. I think that's what's surprising sometimes when I watch MMA. And I think that they build up their entire lives up to this title shot. And then they fucking miss. And like, dude, that yeah. would devastate me. I just want to, I don't want to crawl into a cave, into a hole in the ground and just live there for the week. Because I just couldn't handle that kind of feeling of like having your ego so brutally bruised. I know exactly what you mean, and I, I had that feeling many times in my life. But as you look at these makers, pro players, uh, sports personalities, blah, 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 they overcome this, and that's how you achieve greatness. If you're always scared of killing your own ego, and by that, never leave your comfort zone and never look for a challenge, you will never achieve greatness. But that is the curse of greatness. You can get, you can fall down a lot. It's, um, it's funny because I think as a 36-year-old, I think I've come to terms with what my personality you're 36 is. Already? I know, I turned 36. In Jesus, April. he's like almost 40. I know, I'm so old, my dude. See, I was almost beaten by a 36-year-old in a video game. What? <laughs> almost beaten. <laughs> you you had a little bit of sweat from one game, and the rest of it was a complete breeze. Now, um, I, I have to this is good for the chat, because I think I think sometimes you have to reach a certain point in your life and you have to say to yourself, is this my personality? Is this changeable? Is this fixable? And it's the same reason why I kind of abandoned the Hoi 4 meta scene, because I realized that I just can't handle see this is mentality it's so toxic i either win a game and i feel like the opponents were weak and they didn't try hard enough or i lose and i have a mental breakdown it's like i could never make myself happy from a one-on-one -on -one multiplayer experience i i know what you mean i know and yeah as you say when you get older your personality changes less i mean that's why you don't see a lot of pro players or pro athletes at over 30 years old right probably because stuff like that well it's obviously the body your body is uh not fit anymore it's just so sad to think that's the beauty of getting into the person's head, though, isn't it? It's like those MMA press conferences, you know. At that point, you've got your opportunity not to fight with your fist, but to fight with words. And if you can climb in the head of someone else, completely psych them out, you've technically already psychologically won before you've even got into the octagon. You know? In a way, you just did that to me. And it's just because it's you. It's just because it's Dave. <laughs> Literally, I did so many mistakes that I would normally not do because I'm like, oh no, it's Dave, I have to win or Chad is going insane. 
Dave loves him enough oh, MMA. He loves it now. Dave was getting into MMA now. He always texts me. You know, it's funny because I thought I was this kind of guy who was like setting my ways and I wasn't going to change. You know, like coming back to the personality thing. But recently, over the last six to 12 months, I've gone into cycling. I've gone into MMA. Things I never really thought I would. So when you say cycling, you mean yourself or watching? Myself. Myself. Oh, yeah, you're cycling around in the UK, man? Yeah, be cool yeah. Do you have like the glasses and the helmet, like a pro? Oh, or? I've got the helmet, but I don't do the glasses. What is it with white men in their late 30s becoming cyclists? It's, I, I think the problem is, is that I think if you've never gone through life and been a very active person, because I've not been a sporty person, when you reach a certain point in your age, you have to find some outlet for cardio and stuff. And I found it. So now I feel like, I don't know, I, I guess I feel like I connect to a lot of the other sport people out there, you know? Mm. What made you be more interested in MMA? Where did I come from? What do you think? Welcome to YouTube indoctrination, okay? So one day I was on YouTube and I was like, you know what? I was watching my favorite SJW compilation, SmackDown. And then all of a sudden at the side, recommended box. Oh, look, <laughs> top 10 MMA knockouts or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I joke, I joke. But seriously, it was YouTube fed me this content. It thought I would like it. Maybe because I was into gamer stuff. Maybe I'd watch fighting games at some point i don't know and then i just got on a click spree and i watched like 10 different videos then i watched the whole fights and whatnot and uh before i knew it i was like yeah i'm actually really enjoying this now i think my first experience why i didn't get into it initially is because i watched a few of khabib's fights and it just looked like two guys so two sweaty guys rolling around on the floor for 20 minutes and i was like what is this i thought they're meant to be fighting they're just fucking rolling around to the uninitiated it looks like this it does yeah yeah it is. It does. A lot of people that don't ever main fighting day, they, they oh, it's gay and wrestling and blah, blah. but once you actually get into it and realize that it's 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 very very manly and very very dangerous. Very very entertaining. very entertaining. I think what I didn't get is a lot of the techniques and stuff. And I think over time you've just got to watch more and more. Over and time you will get it. More. Yeah. Yeah. And then you eventually will. understand. And one hundred percent, I guarantee you, Dave. I mean this by watching MMA, aka UFC. You're learning how to fight in real life. True story. When I was fighting people in the supermarket, I would use jujitsu tactics that I've never learned. I just saw them on TV. So if I take him like this, okay, it's the funniest shit. You literally, you literally learn fighting from watching fights, man. You really do. Obviously on a very amateurish low level, but something at least. It's very interesting. Speaking of MMA, so we had a, a little bet, and this was done over WhatsApp. It was for the title of Lightweight, wasn't it, after Khabib had retired? Did we watched. Oh, yeah. Well, we, 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 didn't, we, didn't watch, we, we didn't watch it together, but we, we kind of watched it at we the same time. We texted or something, right? Lightweight. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. Oh, it was... Um, oh, they call it the Nigerian Nightmare. What's his name? Uh, Kamar Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. That was it. Okay, so this is my take on this. Oh, that's why you gifted me fifty dollars, right? Because yes. you said Masvidal. Oh, noob. So Casual. this is my take. Listen, I want to climb into my head right now. And I'm, this is what I was thinking at the time. So they had their first match. Masvidal took the fight at last minute, so I only had like two weeks in boot camp to practice for it and prepare for it. And of course, the result of the fight was decision. He lost. Fair enough. So they decided yeah. to do another fight rematch. Fair enough. And uh, my take is because he had a full boot camp that he possibly could have stood a better of a chance. And the fact that Masvidal has never lost to a fucking KO and he gets fucking KO, I didn't see any of that coming. Exactly. That's why I saw, I don't mean this evil, but sometimes you're still a little bit casual about MMA. Uh, a lot of people jump on bandwings. Oh, Masvidal is so gangster. He is cool. He's, but if you look at his record and his career, he isn't that good. 
And if you pair him with someone like Kamaru Usman, who is who is slowly becoming one of the best fighters of all time, so only has one loss, um, it seems very obvious that Masvidal is not going to stand much of a chance there. I think this is where I disagree with you, because I don't think losing or winning is a way of deciding if someone's a good or a bad fighter. Because I think someone could come back later in their career and pull off something great, you know? That, that rarely happens anymore, though. That Doesn't rarely it? happens anymore. Not so, so back in the day, it would happen a lot. Uh, Randy Couture did it once, but nowadays people don't come back much anymore. If you look at MMA, because there's a meta in MMA, people get better. People have certain training tactics. There is a meta, and the meta is so high level now. It's very hard for olders to come back now. Rarely happens. It happened three years ago again when um, George St. Pierre beat Michael Bisping. Dude, every time I uh, yeah, just yesterday I was watching Michael Bisping. He already re he reminds me of you. Like this British blonde fucker. <laughs> Thank you, Dorsh. <laughs> you know Michael Bisping? No, no idea. Oh, you don't one. know him? He was like the, he represented the UK in the UFC. He retired, I think, two years ago or some shit. I, I, I decided to rename this Topcast podcast the Feed Tommy Podcast. Feed Tommy, get it? Feed Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's no. feed, people love that. They click on that. Yeah, Feed Tommy. Anyway, if you Google Feed Tommy Podcast in Google, you get all the episodes and I've on like 50 platforms now. It's literally all over the place. If you guys want to check it out, that's where you go. And I'm Tommy. I'm, I'm Tommy. I'm Feedback. And you're Tommy. You're I'm Tommy. Feedback. I'm David. Feed, feed Tommy. I'm 36 yeah. and I like bicycling. Don't you well, Don't you have like a, a go-to sport that's like your normal like workout or are you just kind of a guy who just goes in the gym and tries a bit of everything? Depends what human you are. I'm a human that doesn't like other humans. I want to stay alone. So you look for sports that are alone. For example, going jogging, going swimming and doing CrossFit at home. That's what I always want to do because I don't like I didn't like team sports and shit. Ah. Uh... Hot take. I, I find that really boring. I've done the gym stuff and just going to the gym for the purpose of just lifting weights and stuff and running on the trip. I just, it just it feels uncompetitive. You're not going out, you're not seeing anything. It just it feels really dull to me. And yeah, yeah. I guess I, I feel like mean. if you're gonna like do something exercise wise to like improve your health, I, I don't know. It feels to me like you need to be doing something that. That's a good thing about jogging and cycling. You have to put something in your ear, like a podcast or an audiobook. That really helps a lot. That helps a lot. I couldn't go jogging anymore without something in my ear. Yeah, what changed it for me, because I got the bike a few years ago, and I kind of used it a lot at first, and I kind of stopped using it. What got me into it is I got one of those, like, clips on those cases from a smartphone that got like, clips onto the front of the, the uh, bike, and then I put the Bluetooth headphones in, and I listened to, like, YouTube or podcasts or something. And, it, do you know, it really makes it so much more enjoyable than it did before, you know? those. Yeah, you need to put your mind somewhere else. It makes it easier. I oftentimes, sounds weird, but when I go jogging, I go into, like, a dream world where I think about stuff or, you know, I think about what will happen on stream today, blah, 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 and then... You have these time jumps. Like you're running ten minutes. You're like, oh wait, I'm already here. Cool. Do you find that when you're doing that, you get like these good ideas too? I, I, it's yes. Almost, I, 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 you know, I could describe it's like an on the toilet moment. You know what I mean? You're like, all of a sudden, you have this thing, and like, oh man, yeah. that's a really good idea. Um, but I, I will say that on the toilet moments don't exist anymore because your mind is occupied on the toilet. When I go on the toilet, and the young young people, unlike you, go on a toilet. They have their phones in their hand, aka they don't let their mind go free because they do shit on their phone. But I totally get what you mean. Sometimes I I have to take walks. For example, the car was broken. I have to walk to the shopping mall. And that 20 minute walk was so revealing. I was thinking about new ideas for stream and and I I feel like humans are so occupied all day, right? Always social media, phone, TV, talking to someone. You're never really alone with your thoughts. And when you take these little 20 minute walks, suddenly like, oh, I need to do this. And blah, blah, blah. It's, it's insane, mm, right? Yeah. It's really crazy. It's, uh, have you ever seen the movie Soul? Soul? 
Yeah, it's a Disney movie. The Pixar movie. And he, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, just this, two months ago or something. Yeah. Yeah, like when he. <laughs> this is a weird example, but when he's spinning the sign and he's in, he's in the, what they call it, in the zone. And I yeah, feel like yeah, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. best way to describe it, isn't it? You're like, yeah. you're almost so like obsessed with the thing that you're doing that you kind of like everything around the around you just completely zones out. Yeah. Yeah, we need that more, especially when you're in a creative job. You should do that more. For example, I for three years I said I'm gonna do this track, a rap track, and. I never do it, but when I go walking, I suddenly get all these uh, rap lines in my sounds so ghetto uh, and cringe uh, rap lines in my brain and stuff. I shall do it more often. Uh, you work on this podcast, you take it very serious, and you said for weeks now that you write topics down. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm very excited. What <laughs> topics you've written down? There are a few other kind of like, kind of, uh, I say, sports, boxing, wrestling related, I suppose. So that they will just mm -hmm. dip onto those ones. And I've got We're to ask wrestle you, when we meet again. You know that, right? Uh, you said that last time, but that never actually happened. You did wrestle Marconi, though, didn't you? It was I wrestled Marconi. It's literally on a video. And he squealed really loud, didn't he, when you pinned him? Yeah, it was kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and then the police came, and then, oh, it was just a mess. Jake Paul versus Ben Askin. Oh, that's an interesting topic. Oh, man. <sighs> a little bit of context for the viewers. I mean, everybody should have yeah. known that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jake Paul is, we all know Jake Paul, and he's into boxing now, and he's looking for opponents. And there's a retired MMA fighter, Ben Askren, who has, I think, 17 and 3 or something, a former Bellator champion, former uh, Olympic wrestler. Uh, who didn't have a good one in the UFC. He got three losses and then uh, retired. And Ben Askren was boxing Jake Paul. And he lost. He lost. And afterwards, he smiled, though, with his wife. Like, hey, let's just collect the $1 million. That was really awkward, man. <sighs> yeah. So one thing's for certain is every time Jake Paul do these little exhibition matches, um, he, he, uh, he gains a lot of money, okay? A lot of traction, mm -hmm. a lot of talk on social media. A lot of people love to hate Jake Paul, and I'm one of those people, okay? And I was so excited professional fighter to fight jake paul and potentially teach him a lesson that's just yeah. not what happened just know what I, to be honest with you i come so confused away from the fight that i couldn't quite grasp how it even came about that how did how did ben just lose so easily i don't understand well very bad defense he he there was not really much coming from him and he was open to that right hook i think it was it looked very awkward don't forget though ben Askren just had a hip replacement uh, some weeks before that yeah he's old older now retired he's he's eating a lot not in shape didn't really practice much it's my opinion is it wasn't rigged chat it wasn't rigged but he didn't give a fuck if he would lose he just wanted to collect the money which is not bad because now jake paul thinks he's even more amazing let's go with, let's just not say it was he took a dive but let's just say you're in a boxing match win or lose you're earning a large amount of money no matter if you go for one round or five rounds. And all of a sudden, you take a hit, you fall. Okay, it was a genuine hit, nice hit, and a genuine fall, that's fine. But when you get up, you have the choice right now. It's like, the ref's checking me over, you know? Like, do I wobble up my feet and not look the ref in the eye, you know? And that instance that they're going to call the match, aren't they? And in that case, it's like, well, I still win or lose whatever I do. So, mm, I don't know. Yeah, and that's, there's no, uh, for Ben Askren, there was no trophy to gain, no belt or anything, right? He just wanted to collect the check, I think. And if you, have you ever seen, you joined MMA late, right, Dave? Did you ever seen Robbie Lawler versus Ben Askren? No, no, no. Robbie Lawler completely punched him in the face 20 times and he didn't get knocked out. And suddenly Jake Paul knocks him out with one punch. That was a bit, bit weird. But don't forget, everybody involved, your chin gets weaker as you get older. And if you don't condition it, it's easier to not get knocked out when you're not conditioned mm -hmm. and you get older. 
I re- no, I, I have actually seen this one. You've just reminded me because it had a bit of a controversial finish to it, didn't it? Because he got him in a neck choke and it looked like he passed out. Cause yeah, very controversial. Him. And then all of a sudden when he comes out the choke, when he's tapped, well, the ref calls it, he just stands up like nothing's happened. It's like, oh, okay, I guess he wasn't in the choke then. Yeah, oh. very controversial. Till this day, I believe he was out. He was out for a second. His, uh, he was limp. And then the moment he lets the show go, he comes back and he's like, wait, nothing happened. <laughs> but uh, also another, uh, hey, I, we can talk about MMA all day. It's Robbie Lawler's duty to a not get in that in, not get into that situation and b show the ref at all times that he's okay. Yeah, yeah. His fault, man. Yeah, Look but at then uh, right Masvidal happened, and yeah, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the official end of uh, Askren's career in MMA. I yeah, guess. he won more fight after that uh, against he Damian Maya, yeah, which he lost too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, next one, Logan Paul. Versus Mayweather. I didn't even know that, that that is a thing. I didn't even realize that. And um, and uh, wow, uh, obviously just for money. That is a big, big money grab, right? The thing is, though, we have a big risk here. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is an unbeaten boxer with a 50-0 record. And if the small chance happens that Logan Paul beats Floyd Mayweather, which should not happen, Logan Paul will be the only person in existence to beat Floyd Mayweather. In its life, and that would be very, very sad. Very, very sad. Yeah, it's an awful way to end your legacy. It, this fight was meant to yeah. happen in uh, in March, but because of COVID situation, it's got delayed until June. It's an interesting matchup, though, because uh, regardless of skill levels, obviously Mayweather definitely tops everything. It's just that there's a big height difference as well and a big weight difference as well. How do they negotiate this? That I don't understand that. I don't know. They have to do it an exhibition match because it can't be under real rules. But Floyd Mayweather is much smaller. Yeah, that makes that's really awkward. I don't understand that. It's either that uh, they have to get to the same weight, actually. But it's just a money exhibition match, yeah. Well, if it's an exhibition, that doesn't affect his record, because it's not a technical bro, a, a pro boxing match, is it? Well, the rules are of a real boxing match. They have uh, both. They have licenses, which means you don't have to use headgear anymore. They're gonna fight for real, yeah. But they're. It's not an official boxing match for rankings, which is why the weight. There's no really weight in. They, they don't have to have the right rate, and Logan this will is, have to cut some weight, yeah. This is something I don't quite understand when it, it comes out to boxing as well as MMA weigh-ins. So they weigh them in the initial press conference beforehand. Actually, no, the weigh-ins one day before, isn't it? Usually, and then yeah, and then on the day they also weigh them again. That's just. Uh, let me explain that to you. Good that you asked, because I obviously ask here. There's also the official weigh-in, which is not for entertainment. It's actually really for uh, the the rule set. Uh, it's a, it's there's no audience. There's just journalists there. They wait in and see if you have the rate. If you don't have it, you broke your contract, you lose money, blah, blah, blah. The next day, 24 hours later, uh, you have the real weight in for show. Like you can always see they go on the scale, but no one looks at the scale. It's just for show. And they read the numbers from the day before. That's why they have, you have a real one and you have the, the, the show one. And the funny thing about MMA is on the show one, 24 hours later, they're already eight kilograms more. Uh, there's a big, big exploit happening in MMA with that. It's very... One day someone's gonna die, man. That's for sure. They do like a do like a water fast, don't they? Like prior to the weigh-in to like yeah, they cut a lot of they, pounds, especially in cases where they are still off weight. They know if they're not on weight, they lose a lot of money because it's their duty to do this. And what they do is uh, water retention. Yeah, they they sweat a lot. They go they go into like a machine and they lose all the water and they look like fucking. They look like very sick people. And the crazy thing is, 24 hours later, they look totally healthy again. It's crazy. That might explain why Ben Askin looked pretty fat in the weigh-in for, uh, for Jake Paul as well. Yeah, that, that, he didn't, that, that was not official. He didn't care. He didn't care. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. 
he didn't give a fuck. But in comparison, though, Jake looked pretty swole, but Ben yeah. looked oh, just like a he had a bit of a dab bod going on, you know. But then I would explain. He always said that. About. He always said that. He always just uh, he always said a dad bod. He always uh, just relied on his wrestling, which gave him sixteen and zero in Bellator. Man, made him the champion. Yeah, but hey, one day someone is gonna die from this shit, hundred percent. Yeah, because these weight cuts are very bad, bad for your body, very bad. Uh, Khabib, Khabib, oftentimes will uh, he had to literally cancel fights because his weight cut was too bad. He will have a diet, he will eat anything to lose weight, and then he ate the tiramisu and it just killed his body, and he had to uh, skip the fight. Tiramisu story. I feel like it's not so bad for Khabib because he was always in one weight class, wasn't he? Where McGregor, with his two titles or two different weight class, obviously he's, he's, he's trying to hit a wider range significantly, a low, low and a high, high as well. Yeah, he was in the flyweight division and then later he realized the weight cuts were too heavy for him. So he stayed in the divisions where he belongs, lightweight, where his real weight is. Yeah, they're, they're sometimes they uh, suggest a new rule that the weight-ins happen on the day of the fight. That's uh, With that technique, you could make these fighters stop exploiting it so much. But then a lot of fighters will go way too low on weight, and they will just be really weak on fight day. I know you were yeah. a big McGregor fan, and I know that's kind of past now, but there's a, there is a, a big match coming up, a, a big fight coming up right now, isn't there? Yeah, Poirier, yeah. Um... 264 Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. It's pretty big because obviously it's their third fight, which is pretty rare in May. And uh, McGregor always pulls in the numbers, so it's obviously yeah. going to be uh, it's going to be a big hit. Also, the COVID restrictions are less now. We can actually go crowds again. So yeah, America has crowds now. They just had a crowd yeah. this weekend. Yeah, yeah, COVID. It's over. Yeah, let's see who wins there. I, I'm the biggest Conor McGregor fan. I, I used to love that guy. No one has influenced me more in my life. Uh, but I really hope he loses, man. I hope he loses. Really? He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it anymore. The way he behaves, the way he talks, is so arrogant, and he's he's just so lost in his brain. Dustin Poirier deserves it. It's the just turning true. point was Mayweather, wasn't it? Khabib was the turning point. Oh, really? Khabib. Because I, I mean, just, it's very interesting we talk about this because I just was watching documentaries about this this morning. Um, uh, old school McGregor said, uh, if when you lose, it's your fault. You didn't pay enough attention. And then later he loses to Khabib and says he didn't train enough. And after Khabib, he never was the same anymore. He was just money, 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 money. Not enough training anymore. Poirier's attitude was very different, wasn't it? Because at the end of that match, he was, I put all my heart and soul into this fight against Khabib. And there was nothing more I could have given with that. He, he well and truly just said that there was nothing left. He did everything. They're on a bigger level. But Conor McGregor was in a boxing stance from the Floyd Mayweather fight. He was in a boxing stance. Uh, the legs are very far away, so they're easy to kick. And easily, um, the low the low calf kicks beat him. And if you look at the meta of um, MMA, it's very interesting. Leg kicks are recently just becoming king. Like these leg kicks on the lower calf. You see them more and more nowadays. Okay, we're going back a little bit far now. It, it's probably it's been over a month now. But the Tommy K International Tournament. Hearts of Iron 4. How, how do you think it went? How do you think it went? I think there was ups and downs. I think there was lessons to be learned, and there was also some spectacular moments. I think for it being the first ever esports paradox event, and it, it is literally the first real big one, we did we did good. It was good. You're totally right. A lot has been learned. A lot could be changed, but 
it had the Tommy K character of of a lot of failure and weird memes and shit. It wasn't too uh, official, which I liked. But I mean, the numbers show it was an unbelievable success. Unbelievable, success. pretty pretty crazy. It's funny because the creativity of Marconi and your personality connects quite well because the ads that Marconi made fitted beautifully almost into your character, you know. And it was funny watching it because I thought at first this is unprofessional, this is stupid, this is dumb. But eventually, I kind of warmed up to it. I was like, I see now because it, it, it shapes the personality as a whole for the whole thing, you know? True. Uh, don't forget, a lot of people made these commercials, not just him. Uh, there were so many people involved, a lot of people involved that did a great job. It was very stressful. I was so tired in these two days. It was sick. Dude, dude here's a little side story. Someone texted us with a concept of a new tournament this summer. He had everything planned uh, and shit, and me and Marconi just said, fuck off, man. Fuck off. We can do this maybe once a year. I don't know, but this is it's way too stressful to do every three months, man. Was that someone who worked on the first tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the issue of the tournament was, and it's no one's fault, is that 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 7D was just too good. No one fucking had a challenge for him. Uh, he was just so overwhelming. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, he definitely stood out. In a kind of way, that it did suck some of the fun out of it because he... he... Yeah. Did he? Just he, he didn't even win. A, he didn't lose a single round, did he? I think so. Yeah. He's he's the Khabib of before international. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And something I always said is you can't make the Hoyfield international too often because the gameplay is getting boring after yes. a while. It's yep. it's just two people fighting each other in Russia with twenty four tanks, uh, thirty two tanks. I forgot. Like in the next, if we ever do another tournament chat, it has to be something different. But yeah, it was. Um, I'm I'm very proud of it. It opened a lot of doors. Dan Lin texted me for the first time, said he was a huge fan of the event. I also want you guys to be proud. Also you, Dave, the whole Hoifo community. On the Hoifo International, we showed the world who we are. We showed Twitch that Hoi4 and its community can get 15,000 fucking viewers. Overall, 300,000 people watched the International. Uh, and that makes me very proud that we showed the world who we are. You don't need a bathtub. You don't need the newest games. You just need the right community and some hype, and you can create great things, man. What about the idea of an invitational? Less about being, I don't know, let's say skilled as such. How do you feel about that? Makes sense. You will get a lot of views because people like the characters, but the skill will be much lower. And I think if you do eSports, it should be about skill level, in my opinion. I want to show the highest skill level. I don't want to see uh, two monkeys MMA fight. I want to see Khabib MMA fight, you know? And nobody ever thinks about this. Only me and Marconi and the people behind think about this. Whenever you make these tournaments, there's so much behind the scenes that's just complete cancer. The players are children. They don't behave. They're dumb. Uh, something's lagging. Someone is cheating. There's so much shit. I'm actually thinking of what if we make a tournament next year about a team game? Axis versus allies. Like a full game. Uh, but people are going to desync and and something is going to be unbalanced and someone is going to cry and blah, 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 blah. This tournament only had eight players. International. You know how many issues I had with these players? Being fucking weird, man. Different, for instance, when it comes down to my Discord and being hands-on with DMs as well as talking to people directly on my Discord and other community members and whatnot, I'm very on it. And and the downside to that is you get a lot of friction with people because if people are a bit dumb or they're trying to be annoying or they're being an asshole, you have to deal with that emotion that you get from these people being hands-on. Now, you, on the other hand, you're quite distant from Discord. So... I don't know how you would have been able to handle if you had that kind of like really intimate relationship the way I do with my community, you could say as such. What, is, what does that mean? You have an intimate relationship. What does that mean? I mean that I interact with them on a daily basis. Basically, I'm on my Discord. If you were on your Discord, uh, let's say 10 minutes every day, I'm on there two hours every day. Oh, I couldn't do that. I would, lose my, I would suicide. 
if I read my own Discord, man, it's just so fucking... You know, it's come to a point that I actually think, like, I'm a little bit too close with them and interact a little bit too much. The way I see it is, though, is if someone messages me or interacts with me and I don't reply to them, I feel like I'm being really rude. So I feel like I need to give them something, even though there's not really much to gain from me. The problem as a content creator, though, is if you respond to fans, they take it as an invitation to respond even more. And I don't mean this evil. I, I just had it this morning. A guy texts me, hey, man, I really like your content. You're great. And what I do, I always send back a GIF. You know that GIF where there's a little boy on a computer and he does this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I always do. And then they're like, oh, Tommy reacted. And suddenly they tell me their life story. Someone is like, hey, Tommy, I like your content. Oh, nice. Thank you very much. Oh, Tommy, what's your opinion on this? You Can you fuck my mom? Tommy, what can I play with you, Tommy? Tommy. Like, if you, you give them a finger and they take the whole hand. That's true. That's true. You, you get that message quite a lot. And I've got that quite a lot where they say something like, whoa, I didn't expect you to reply. You know, it's like, oh, God, I, I wish I didn't reply now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's like oh. an ugly girl and you're nice to her. And then she thinks something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Yeah, I never mean that evil. And Dave doesn't mean evil. It's just too much. Yeah, if yeah. If you respond to every single message you get as a creator... They all text back, and you just... That's that's one hour of work, man. That's, you never really get that back either, no. By the way, you did a great job on the International. It was really nice having you there. Ah, it was okay. I think at first, like... It, uh, once again, no just to Marconi. I think he did a really good job. But I think one thing that, that the guys behind the scenes could have done is maybe gave me a little bit more... They did eventually, by the way, on the second and third games. But the first game, I needed more information about the players. I wanted to, like... Yeah. I wanted... I wanted to like do what they did in MMA and like talk a little bit about their backstory and their stories and how they got to this point, but I didn't have any material to do, so I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what to say. Most of the backstories in that international was the twelve-year-olds from Eastern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but I think that gave the character. It was a meme tournament of a meme community, and it was great. I and I'd, I'd rather have meme tournaments than super serious, man. Like, like they're all wearing suits and they're like, oh, everything has to be perfect. We don't make any jokes here. Fuck it. Yeah, true. I used true. a lot of bad words and shit. Who cares, man? I think we've come a long way from Rogue Tommy. What, I don't even describe what you would be like in the old days. What were you like in the old days? What word would you what describe yourself? What are you talking about? I should have. He's trying to. He's trying to make out right now. He's never changed. This is who I've always been. I've always been like this. Bullshit. Bullshit. You pull your blows way more than you used to. I was obviously much more edgy back then, and I, I hate. I hate when I read YouTube comments. Like, Makoni makes a clip of old Tommy, and the old YouTube comments are like, old Tommy was the best, he was so alpha chat. And nobody <laughs> fucking gets it. Old Tommy got banned on Twitch. And listen, the, the reason why Tommy had to change, I'm still very edgy. I'm still edgy on Twitch. Come on, come on, man, okay? When I realized, oh, this Twitch thing can actually become something and pay for my bills, I realized, oh, maybe I should take the Twitch toss serious and don't fuck so much shit up and maybe I can make a living out of this. That's why I, I literally had to change. I'm still very edgy, man. I think I think in the old days I I was a lot more random, put it that way, a lot more meme. Um, and I think I've I've to a certain degree toned that one down as well. Do you know the big difference between me and you? In the early days, when I memed and acted like a bit of an idiot, um, I, I had five subscribe five k subscribers. And nobody saw it. And then mm. when I got big, I'd already toned it down when I reached that point. Now, you, on the other hand, you you blew up very quickly. So a lot of, like, the bad smell from the past still lingered, you know what I mean? Even when you were... Yeah. I felt like you were very adult when I met you four years ago. You were... You didn't make big mistakes that would, like, bring sponsors off you or something. Only Elite Crew knows this, but back in the day, I made some very, very edgy videos. And thankfully, those videos have all been purged. And uh, it's probably for the best. Yeah, and you get older, you get older, man, you know.
Now, I have like this girlfriend now, and she always, every time I do something wrong, she gives me a big fucking speech about it. Tommy, today on stream, you talked about women. That was kind of sexist, Tommy. I, oh, God. Maybe that's one of this. I think one thing I do like about your personality, Tommy, is that you share a lot of your personal life. And it's probably, yeah, I used to have a really close relationship with Spiffing Brett. To this day, I don't know nothing about Spiffing. Nothing. Because he reveals absolutely nothing about his personal life in any way, shape, and form. Now, that's totally okay. That's his choice. He can fairly do that. But can you name any personal trait about Spiffing other than exploits and Britishness? No, because he reveals none of his personality. And I, 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 But the truth is, I struggled to connect with him for that exact reason. Um, and he might wonder right now, like, oh, you used to speak to me all the time, Dave. Why doesn't he speak to me anymore? It's like, well... The truth is, I've got people around me now that I do know their personality. I know what they're all about. I know what's going on with them. And back then, I just don't know anything. It's supposed to be hard. Uh, when, when Spiffing exploded and became a huge YouTuber, there must be so much pressure and eyes on you and stuff like that. Well, he, he, I'll be honest with you. I knew him way before. I, when I first met Spiff, I had more subs than him, but it wasn't much. He, I think I had 20k subs. He had 15k subs. It was something like that. He needed these little time lapses. And back then, I felt like we, cl we clicked because we were at the same kind of level. Um, but then, obviously, no, things, things have radically changed right now. He's definitely on a different level. It's funny because I didn't know nothing about him, and I went to his Yogscast wiki, and I, I was reading all this Yogscast wiki about it, and I was like, I don't know any of this information. I, and who's collected this information? Man, this wiki, I have no bloody clue. But I, I feel like I'm learning about a person I don't know nothing about, even though I've spoken to him for three years. And I was, at that point, I was like, I don't really know well, him, I do I? Did you never ask him? If he was like your friend? I, I do. Uh, I don't want to dive too much into people's personalities, but... He's one of those ones that if you ask a question and he doesn't want to give answer, he will uh, either ignore it or he'll move the topic onto something else. Uh, that every, everyone's different there, right? Yeah, as a no, I'm not dissing him. It, it's his personality. That's the way he chooses to have yeah. things. That's totally cool. It's just, I think in a way, if you are that kind of personality that's very close off, you're going to really struggle to connect with people. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, everyone is different there. I've always been a revealing type to my stream, which had brought a lot of issues with it just this morning. My number got leaked somehow, and some guy is just texting me the whole time. And that's like the bit, I mean, there was big issues on the stream, right? I almost lost my relationship because of chat. Uh, hashtag French Girl story. But I don't know. I think that's what people like about me. And I, I like doing this. I like sharing my life because I see chat as my family. You're part of my family, guys. If you guys were a human, even you, Dave, you guys are like family. You guys are like, I mean, I spent most of my life with you guys. Okay, let's move on to the main course. Okay, you know what topic this is, don't you? The big topic. Uh, drum roll, please. This has to be. Uh, wait, let me let me guess. Yeah, get guess. Something political, hundred percent. No, what the oh. fuck? Oh, ParadoxCon. Paradox it's ParadoxCon. That's uh, right. That's the topic. Is that going on right now? Uh, yes. Well, kind of. It's all the warm-up stuff. It doesn't really officially begin until the announcement show at uh, eight p.m. your time, seven p.m. my time tonight. And that's the that's what we experienced when you went to PDXCon. It was with the revealed CK3 and everything. Yeah, they already have three K viewers. That's pretty good for uh, Paradox. Yeah, I guess they're doing a big build-up, which is really smart of them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think the, the problem in the past is they're always jumping between games, so they've really built that core audience up. But it's, I'm really hyped. I'm really hyped. I'm so excited. I'm really eager what game they're going to announce. <laughs> I wonder what it's going to be. <laughs> Oh, wow. How did they even that, man? How does it even... Jesus yeah. Christ. All right, so cut the show. If you listen to this, you already know it's Victoria 3, because this is going to be coming out in the future anyway. Um, but yeah, ParadoxCon, ParadoxCon. Uh, today, 8 p.m. Here's a, a live chat. Here's a theory. Um, do you think investing in games companies is 
potentially very harmful because the communities can be so hostile. Because I think the Leviathan has been completely blown out of proportion. But that's the whole stock market, though. It's all about emotions, it feels like. It's a lot about emotions. You, you, uh, you do feel that some stocks are, are kind of more stable for the long run, though, don't you? Like maybe, for instance, there's a, tech you're asking if they're stable stocks? What do you say? Yeah, but if, if you put it on a grand scale of things, sure. there are yeah, some that are more obviously stable. If you, I'm not an expert, I don't know shit, but there's obviously stocks that are ultra fucking stable, like Coca-Cola is the ultimate example. But if you look at something like Paradox or Activision that's or Tesla or Bitcoin, that's all just emotions and hype, and it's very unstable. Mm. Very unstable. So someone in the chat yeah. said 99% victory, 3 and 1% what? Uh, I, my first guess would have been maybe like a few weeks ago, in EU5 because they were saying that this studio in Spain was apparently working on the end game for EU4 so it got the impression that a new was coming along but I guess that's wrong now. Empire 2 would have been a good guess. <laughs> Damn. Stacking those sequels up like bosses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but all the best paradox. Well uh, today we have the announcement show but I am far more interested as a Hoi4 head about tomorrow yeah. 5 p.m. There's uh, four hours of Hoi4 content. Chad, I need the dev diary where Dan Lin tells us all the Hoi4 content of um, ParadoxCon. I want to talk about that with Dave. Okay, let, let's just theorize something here. Let's just say that this this post, this this one that everyone's posting on Reddit, this Miss, is it Delania? Uh, let's just say... I'm not even clicking that. I'm not even clicking that. I'm clicking. I'm clicking. I'm looking at it right now. Let's just go down the route that this is a ploy. Let's just say this is a diversion. They're playing 5D chess to us right now. I don't think Paradox is that smart. I know. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I don't know. It'd be so funny if they did. Oh, man. If I owned a games company, what I would do is re release make previews and dev diaries and feature lists for like five different games for being completely fantasy just to divert the entire community. Oh, that would be so good. They're going to make a lot of new for treatments, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Fake for the dev diary. Yeah, I don't want to click that Reddit link because I want to. I want to be respectful towards Paradox and not reveal Victoria Free or my stream. Uh, that's not fair. Who knows? Who knows? Dave, let's talk about this tomorrow. Hoi yep. Four starts. Yep. Um, there's a lot of useless shit at seventeen fifteen. The game director Dan Lind, content designer Gabriel Bloom. I actually don't know these people. They actually made Hoi Four. I should probably. Uh, Daniel Schuberg. Will be your guide through the panoramic sweep of Hoi 4 history, charting how the game has grown and evolved over the years. What's next for the game? So, what do you think they're gonna do there? What do you think they're gonna? We talking about the one that's show all the DLCs and how everything changed over time. Or I'm looking what you're doing right now. What's the subtitle called? They're showing the Hearts of Iron story for 50, 40 minutes. Right. So what do you think I, that's I, gonna be? I think it's going to be what's going to talk about the on release and how it went and what and, and like a chronological ordering of the events leading up to now. I, personally, I think that might be a little bit boring. We'll see. We'll see. I'm actually, I'm actually excited about this. I want to listen to this. It I might wonder. be for nostalgia. They might bring up moments of like a release that maybe something didn't go quite too well. Or I, feel like, really well. I don't know if I didn't care. I'm old. I don't remember old Hoi 4. I, I couldn't tell you the old focus trees of like Australia or well, they had basic one, but like the old Japan focus tree. I don't even remember. I remember everybody had the basic focus tree. I remember that. That was it was just it was just what we had, right? Anyway, the greatest content generation. Meet the Hoi 4 team for one hour. Meet and greet session with the Hoi 4 Dev team, including Dan Lind, Robert Dotson, Gabriel, Manuel Molina Grande, blah blah blah, all these people. And what is this a QA or what is that? I don't know. Meet and greet. Virtual meet, meet and, and greet. greet. I don't understand. You think <laughs> they just sit there then and they take questions? I really don't know. What I is guess the question if you would ask them? What would I ask them? What would I ask them? Oh my goodness. 
Man, that's hard, my dude. That's question. really difficult. I will ask something like, okay. where do you see Victoria Freeman? <laughs> where would you see him in five years? <laughs> yeah, I would kind of... Where do you see Hot Strand 4 in 2022 or something? Um, I, I think... I, see, this is my take on this. I, I don't like... I don't like the... Uh, I used to do this. I don't do it anymore. But I used to like like to say things that would be in the game or they would change. But because I don't develop the game and I'm not inside the mind of a developer, I feel like sometimes I'm just saying dumb things. So when it comes down to like suggestions for the game, I don't like to make suggestions because I feel like I'm just I'm potentially saying dumb stuff. And because I'm a content creator, my views are held accountable. Like if you're some dummy in the chat and you're just going, uh, tank update, please. Uh, put four barrel tanks on tanks, please. There's no, there's no, there's no consequence to that, is there? You know, but me as a content creator, like, oh, he said a dumb thing. He said a dumb thing. <laughs> Remember that dumb thing you said. I actually also will know what I would ask them. I don't know. I, I guess I just want to watch and see what they talk about. Mm. I don't really know. I'm going to be surprised if they have a lot of information when, to tell us that we don't already know. Yeah. When I mean, is Poker Street? That's a good one. <laughs> oh, yes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be sooner than you think. Maybe in the next two or three months, maybe. I I, I always had a question for Hoi4 Devs for four years, but I never want to ask it in public because it's an awkward task. And that is, uh, can you please explain to an amateur like me what causes desync issues and what causes desync issues where does that come from like as a multiplayer player in hoi 4 you have your entire life is just desync right desync 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 where does that come from what, what is that is it fixable what the, i literally wanted that to be explained to me my take is because all games are locally hosted that the host is the one that is has the save game and if for every reason anyone comes desync with the host that's when a resync has to occur by, mm. by by the host saving the game and then reloading that save game again. Where in single player you don't have that experience. I see one petition one thing that could fix that in the future is couldn't they have like dedicated servers and therefore yeah, but that costs like a lot of money, right? Oh yeah, of course, yeah, of course. But but having let's say you've got the facility to have dedicated servers like a Minecraft server, but the players could host them. I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, something like Earth's Rain Five with a dedicated European server, or something would be pretty sick. Even Red Alert used to desync. It's like kind of crazy, man. Um, yeah, you had to completely. I want to ask when is Earth's Rain Four MMO coming out? Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? That's we're gonna watch this live tomorrow, chat. This is gonna be very interesting. I have a bit. I don't want to talk shit. I didn't, don't use negative, but I'm scared that after two hours, I'm just gonna be very tired of listening so much. I'm scared that I've hyped this up too much in my mind, and when I actually see this show, I'm gonna be like really devastated. It's gonna be like, oh my god, this isn't. This is not what I wanted at all. I, I recently watched the Nintendo announcement for the upcoming games with my girlfriend. I'm not a big Nintendo fan, but she is. So I watched them anyway, and I and I felt like a little bit like. Like they revealed like twenty games and only one of them she was really interested in, and it yeah, was like yeah. that happens all the time. Yeah, so I know. Release shows it's just so much ba 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 ba. Eighty percent useless stuff. It's easy content. I can just react like ass and gold. But yeah. yeah, actually, let's let's go down the list of PX games and see. Do you think there's going to be announced? Do you think it's what it's going to be? This might be a good summary to end the podcast with. Okay. I mean, load up list Tell me the games. Videos. I forgot most of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll tell you. We'll go from there. Obviously, I'll start with the ones that are most recently announced to see if... So first of all, the newest release by Paradox Interactive, and that is Crusader Kings 3. Do you think they're going to talk about it? Do you think they're going to announce it? What do you think it's going to be? Uh, <laughs> uh, there should be something, right? The game is one year old. So far, we've only had Rule Designer for free and the Viking DLC. Yep. There should be a nice announcement. There should be. There should be. What's it going to be? Uh, the game finally has content. Uh, DLC? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <sighs> the game's just called content. I DLC, think no. it's going to be something... Taken from CK2, like uh, like the Merchant Republics or the items or Way of Life, something like that. It's they're gonna take an attribute of CK2, change it a little bit, and that will be the new thing. 
give me supernatural. That's what I want to see. I want to see new supernaturals. I want to see event chains based on being a witch. I want to see event chains being on a wizard or something. I want to see event chains being an uh, an alchemist. I want. That's yeah, what I want to see. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, really that's cool. the role play stuff I always talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think that's the big thing. This is the biggest thing. I, I it took me ages to realize this, but CK three is missing those epic event chains because they don't exist all full stop in CK three. But I they're in CK two. I told you, bro. Anyway, next game. This is your, one of your favorites. This one, Empire of Sin. Oh, I just read something on Twitter. There's a new update coming. And it had like one comment, and it was some random ass dude who was like, "Nice, now I can make more a better clan on my Xbox." <laughs> hey, that might be a good point. Maybe it's selling better on consoles. I buy Empire of Sin on Xbox. Oh, what a failure! You, oh Jesus Christ, human beings, man. I, I feel I don't want to talk shit too much about games because I know there's humans behind it. When I saw Johan on stage 2019, I felt with him, man. These are human beings, but you have to be held accountable if you do a wrong, bad job. And Empire of Sin is a disaster. Even you, Dave, who always is careful not to fucking with Paradox, has to say it, man. It is just... They should just fucking recycle it and make... I don't know. Make a Stellaris DLC out of it where you can become the Mafia or some shit. Maybe, maybe there's some good content in Empire of Sin, but I didn't play it enough and it didn't connect me. And I feel like every game has an opportunity to pull you in in the first hour. And I played it for like three hours and it didn't pull me in, so I just gave up. Empire of Sin is a good game if you only have a phone. Then it's a good game. Ooh. Are you trying to tell me that it would be a good mobile game? Is yeah, it's, it feels very mobile uh... gaming. Like even the looks of it and shit. Yeah, Stop yeah. Stop getting Link Victoria Free League, man. We fucking got it, man. Jesus Christ. Okay, next uh, game. Yeah, hey. it's just... Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say it bashing it. I mean, I, I maybe there's a good game there, but I haven't played enough and seen it. Yeah. And I, I really... Uh, what am I saying? Dude, did they have to release Undone because of the publisher's uh, stuff? Are they actually so delusional that they don't see how bad it is? I really legit wonder how how uh, 81 viewers, that's pretty good. Are you going um, all the way and saying that it's, it, actual, it has actually a bad game? Because I wasn't going to go is, that far. It is ridiculous. Oh, okay, all right, okay. It's actually getting... Oh, it's actually gaining players. Oh, I should shut my mouth. Maybe there's a secret fan base of uh, big Mafia fans out there. We'll see. Stellaris. Did you, did you enjoy Stellaris? Oh, I don't. I, Stellaris is... Stellaris is a good game, but not for me. I think Stellaris yeah, is the most too. boring game ever. For me personally, it's just nothing happens. The early game is cool, and then you just do nothing anymore. It, it's it a great game, as... though. I get it. Yeah, I feel the same way about it with like Steel Division. Like It's one of those games that I feel like you zoomed out so far most of the time that you don't get to appreciate how beautiful everything is. And when you do zoom in, you don't really gain much from it anyway. So I just yeah. feel like there's no point doing it. I've got a few friends on my Facebook that really like Stars, but I've not really heard of any of the Paradox games. It's just because they're big sci-fi fans, you know? Yeah, like... I, I, I'm also a big sci-fi game fan, and there's not really a lot of games nowadays, and that's why you have to go to, like, Stellaris. I'm a big fan of space games, but there's nothing new, really, yeah. out there. Mm. Mm. Well, the only two left that are, uh, are EU4 and... Are you, are you into EU4 a lot? I've never was into it. It's a big community. I mean, Flurvorn is a huge streamer. Yeah. Have you, were, were you ever deep into EU4? Yeah, when it came out, it was. Yeah, hmm. I remember having these sessions where I'd play to stupid o'clock in the night playing it, and I'd put a ridiculous yeah. amount of hours into it. But then at that point, as more and more expansions came out, um, I didn't really feel like I was playing a different game. It just felt like extra games with extra add-ons on and whatnot. U4 always reminds me of Hoi 4, aka a bigger game, a big enough game, with a really loyal community. There's thousands of people on this planet yeah, on Twitch yeah. that just love EU4, man. It's they strange how it. it doesn't get many views on YouTube, though. And there aren't any those dedicated yeah. EU4 YouTubers. I know there's a 
few like the top 10 list and one, but none of them are like really monumentally huge. They're all kind of small. It has this weird niche community and it works really well for stream, but not so much on YouTube. I enjoy U4 a lot right now. I'm playing this uh, mega campaign mod and it's mad, mad fun. Very big fun. Have you done your mega campaign yet? Uh, it's, it takes forever. It's a very, very long game. Uh, there's a guy who made a mod for me, just for me and U4 about my mega campaign and the right story. And it's super fun. Amazing, man. Really cool. Cool, cool. What about U4? Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, City Skylines, that's the final one. Oh, I know nothing about that. You've never played it? I have no idea. I, 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 can't, I can never play games like this because I'm too perfectionist. Like, something isn't in order my city, I instantly just delete it. I, I can't handle it. Everything has to be perfect. I can't play games like this. Never play yeah. it. People love it. People love that game. And then there's Prison Architect too, which I think you'd have the same problem with, like, you get the exact symmetry on buildings and stuff yeah yeah it's almost very therapeutic city skylines you know because you don't there's a lot of time people play it just to build make it look pretty not really to care too much about the um i don't know the the game mechanics which is earning money maybe i should play it one day no i think you'd like it, actually i think you'd be surprised it's one of those games you'll play probably every week and then probably never go back to that's that's how my experience of it too oh they tweeted at you dave they want you to do that spain achievement <laughs> uh oh, maybe maybe uh, uh -huh. yeah um yeah that's pretty much it have you got any other topics you want to talk uh, about four man hoy four bro well i mean they will we, announce we, new dlc come on uh, I, I, I mean we could take a random guess at what the what they could announce they've not already talked about i suppose they can talk about all they're gonna say is uh soviet focus tree um it's called dread dawn um out in two months i, I don't know what else they can say that we don't already know uh, features obviously talk about well, features or something. i mean we know that from the dev diaries you know maybe something new That'd maybe cool. in the face if they just change the mussolini picture for leader and they don't actually touch italy at all wouldn't that be like a really great <laughs> fun <laughs> that should be funny man i, I will laugh <laughs> here is mongolia focus three have fun <laughs> I'm actually excited for or the Hoi for DLC that that tank designer, which I predicted for years, by the way, looks amazing. I'm very excited. But I think Hoi Four is four years old, and it Hoi Four is it's like it's growing, and 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 there's so much new stuff, and I like it. Hoi Four, I'm very a big fan right now. It's it's a good time to be a Hoi Four player. Someone in the chat has just jogged my memory. Yeah, um, they, they're reworking doctrines. They haven't talked about that at all yet. What? Um, yeah, what? have you noticed uh, diaries that they've removed XP for land, air, and navy, and also they've been removed from the research tabs as well. That that hat in the top right, the new button, is a doctrines, a rework of doctrines. How it work? I don't know. Okay, we're we're, we're gonna stay excited and find yeah. out about that. Yeah. Wow, that sounds. I'm I'm very excited, very excited. And also, I have to say, I'm really excited to play single player again because multiplayer is just making me super depressed, and and all the memes in it. I'm excited for achievement runs. I have a theory that it won't require research slots anymore. I feel like you'll constantly be working on a doctrine, like a dedicated research slot, and it'll constantly be working in the background. You can invest XP into it to get it quicker. I wonder. I have no idea what's going to be, but I wonder. That was another episode of the Feed Tommy podcast. I think this was episode five. I forget. I've lost something there. Tommy Feed podcast, ladies and gentlemen, right here. Subscribe to my OnlyFans and my feed pictures. Dave, it was, as always, an honor to talk to you and beat you 5-1 in Red Alert. Um, you know, I'm not going to take that, David, okay? I'm, I'm coming back strong. We'll, we'll play another one in a, a few weeks' time. And we can always uh, practice together. I play the game a lot off-stream. We can always play together if you want. Maybe. We'll see. Tommy, yeah. it's been special. It's been sweet. I love you to bits. Bye, chat. I love, I love you. Me. Bye.